Hey, Joey. Hello. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over 15 years, and each week we call one another and we catch up. And when we say we're not going to edit a show, we usually end up fucking everything up. But we're not going to edit this one, so we're basically recording this and then publishing it. Yeah, isn't that... Well, first of all, yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. You can always count on catching up to be in your ear holes uh, every week. That sounded gross. Anyway, what I was going to say is, isn't that what's shocking? That's probably shocking to most people that what the final product, what you hear, is edited to be as best as possible. <laughs> that they're, he- they're not hearing yeah. like live... They're, they're hearing something that's like edited. Like a lot of times... There's- Go There's ahead. a worse version out there. Yeah, like you and I talk over <laughs> each other, or like I make a fantastic joke, and you, you know you're talking, so like I move things around so that my fantastic jokes are heard. Yeah, and meanwhile, uh, mine are edited out. No, I actually never edit your stuff. I know. I That's just move it like true. I just move it so like when we say yeah or something is synced up, so it's, it makes sense or during pauses. Anyway, yeah, but it's gonna be no editing on this one. Um, and also, we should probably say this is a very special post-election episode. Yeah. So Joe and I were texting. I mean, today's a normal day for us to record. We probably wouldn't put this um, episode out until Monday, but we just feel like. The feelings that we're experiencing right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, I don't mean to speak for you, but the feelings I'm experiencing right now anyway are things that are timely and might change by Monday. And maybe Mm -hmm. if we recorded an episode today, it wouldn't be relevant on Monday or just would be different. So we're going to publish it pretty much immediately. Yeah. But we do have an episode we're going to throw up on Monday, probably, right? Yeah, Mike and I uh, recorded an. It's like a partial episode. Remember, it it wasn't very long. And yeah. uh, you had a coughing fit, and then you had to go. But, I mentioned um, it during um, the episode I recorded with Taylor, the Latte Boy. I mentioned that there might be a hit, uh, an episode that will never air, and we're going to air it on Monday. Yeah, but um, it is worth noting that after that episode, I I, I had like a an important thing that was going to happen, right? And so we got to a point where like technology was not working for us, and we just gave up. So the episode ends very abruptly. Where, very abruptly. Uh, Joe and I basically stopped recording, and then we just said, fuck it, I'm leaving. And that was that. So that's part of the reason why it never aired. Yeah, it's just like part of an episode. But whatever, you so, get part of an episode. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. This is free, all right? <laughs> Nobody's country, complaining. Why are our you country, so angry? <laughs> our country's falling apart. You know, okay, there's more important things than dumb podcasts. <laughs> um, so how are you doing, Joey? What's... What's I'm really on? sad. I'm yeah. I'm really really sad. But but let's actually uh, talk about what like where were you? What was going on last night? Sure. Well, I knew it was going to be a night where I settled in with um, my other lover, Rachel, uh, Rachel Maddow, and we just kind of I knew it was going to be an experience. I didn't know it was going to turn out the way that it did. Uh, but election night for me is kind of you know, something I like to watch on TV and I like to be on Twitter and I like to do all of that while I'm watching such a thing. So um, Tuesday night is normally date night for Steve and I. And I canceled. I mean, long he knew long ago that I canceled. It wasn't like a last minute thing, but I was like, you know, I'm going to stay home alone. I'm going to have the TV on. I'm going to be on Twitter. I'm going to just kind of experience it. So I was here alone and um, probably around... I want to say maybe after it was after midnight, I would guess I ended up turning everything off. 
Um, and to be honest, I mean, I had a couple of phone calls that were work related this morning, but I haven't talked to anybody, uh, aside from you. I'm just like emotionally raw and not really in that space. But what about you? Where were you? Well, uh, part of the day I was at my parents' house, uh, and, uh, you know, to vote and all that. And then, uh, I left and I came here. To my house and Richard, you know Richard's boyfriend. I have a gay cousin named Richard. He's a week younger than me and gay. And by the way, that was the first time you made that joke that potentially people forgot that you did because <laughs> you haven't mentioned him in a while. Yeah. So Richard said, "What are you?" I was at home. I, the election night was on, and I also listened to the podcast, and I'm a fan of the podcast. Keeping it 1600. I don't know if you listen to that podcast. I don't, but I've been, you're not the first person to tell me I should. Well, you haven't told me. Well, I we should, can break but. that one down in a bit. I have thoughts on that show. But uh, they were going to be doing intermittent uh, live broadcasts. So I was watching the election night returns and then also going with that broadcast. And uh, Richard called me and said, uh, What are you doing? And I said, Come over, you know, because his boyfriend lives up the street. His boyfriend wasn't going to be home till like seven. So I said, sure, come over and we'll hang out. And by the time Richard got here, it was already starting to like look bad. Yeah. You know, that was probably about 530 or six. And I was, but I was still, you know, and it was so funny. So keeping it 1600 is made up of John Favreau and Tommy Vitor, Tommy Vitor and um, this gay guy named John Lovett. I'm going to rant about in a second. And. The first broadcast, they were like so jokey. This is even when Florida was starting to go down. And they were like, oh. <laughs> like, guys, we're here to tell you, don't stress, don't worry. We have inside information. They've told us not to worry. You know, Dade County's not even in yet. Broward County's not even in yet. It's This is just looking bad right now because of the panhandle. It's Hillary's got this in the bag. And then the, the election's over. So I was like kind of feeling okay, but the TV went, and they don't listen to people on the TV. And I was like, sure. all right. And then every subsequent broadcast that came in, they were getting more and more grim. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then we went over to Richard's boyfriend house, boyfriend's house. And I was still praying to the God of Nate Silver, who still had Hillary at 75% chance of winning. Mm-hmm. And it was looking really, really bad at Richard's boyfriend's house. And um, when about seven, about eight o'clock, uh, Richard showed me um, five thirty. I had changed it to fifty five Trump, forty four Clinton. Yeah. And I was, I got sick to my stomach. I started getting like a panic attack, and I was like, I'm gonna go home. And I went home, and I was walking down. It's a very short walk down, but but I do have to go across a major street in L.A. And as I was walking across and go, walking down that major street. Like there was traffic and people were honking at each other. People seemed angry. There was a guy. I walked by a KFC and a guy like got out of his car and was screaming into the speaker box. And I was like, I just want to go inside my house and just close all the windows and turn off all the lights and hide. So I went home and I just at like eight thirty I was asleep. So I woke up intermittently. Wait, you were asleep the- by eight thirty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. I th- you know what? This is my sort of natural body reaction. Whenever I have anxiety or panic, I can just go to sleep. Wow. And I just tell myself, I'm just going to sleep, and when I wake up, everything's going to be fine, right? Sure. And so I woke up intermittently throughout the night, and but I would intentionally not check um, 
news or anything. I would just like go on my iPad and play a game or uh, I started reading me talk pretty one day. Like I was just doing anything that had not to do with news. And then around 530 in the morning when I was like, okay, well, I've been asleep now for nine hours. Uh, I looked and I saw the results and I knew there was just a part of me that was like hoping that like Michigan would pull out or New Hampshire. Sure. And, yeah. And I've been really, really sad. It doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem it, it still, it, I don't know. It still seems not real. Just a few minutes ago, friend of the show, John Art and I were texting and I, he was dancing uh, and playing the fiddle. No, I don't I don't know that he's super happy about the results, but I think that his dissatisfaction probably happened when Trump became the nominee and he's had more time to kind of deal with you know the bed that has been made and the bed we will all be lying in. I think um what something that we talked in our text message though was about like the true power of a president, which is one thing and maybe that's something that we could discuss, but I think the flip side or the other side of that coin is just that the optics or how this looks to people of color or even women or I mean, so millions of people have elected a man that has very publicly kind of been uh, Islamophobic, has been um, racist. And what does like what does that feel like? You know what I mean? Like, forget what will happen tomorrow or what will happen once he is sworn in and all of the promises he he has made. And let's see, you know, how how many of those he can actually fulfill. I don't know. But all of that aside, just like the disgusting kind of reality of where we live and how so many people are okay dismissing that. Maybe so many people are not racist and so many people here are not Islamophobic, but are okay with like overlooking that, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of hard for me to reconcile. And that's where the sadness I think is in, in my brain right now. Well, you know, in talking to people on the phone, I talked to my mom, my parents were very you know upset. And um, I spoke to some friends. I spoke, I've spoken to a few people and I've made this point several times, which is, um, you know, as much as I have, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I think it needs to be said for me to feel a little better. I have, two, I have two things to say on this. As much as I... I've got two things to say. I got two things to say. One, Sashay? I could not I could not disagree more with the politics of Paul Ryan or John McCain or Lindsey Graham or a lot of these leaders in the Senate. Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio. But I do feel that they are good men who love this country. And as much, look, as much as their policies are going to be, it, it actually reminds me actually of David Frum, who used to be George Bush's speechwriter, George W. Bush's speechwriter, and is an awful, another person I vehemently disagree with, and, you know, is an annoying person. He was making that point of why he voted for Hillary. You know, he voted for Hillary and he said, I disagree with her on everything. Sure. I he's And he said, but I cannot vote for a man who is going to bring down the republic. At a certain point, Republicans need to realize you have to love your country more than your, your politics. Right. And so and Hillary would create problems that we could fix. Yeah. And right? so that's what I'm sort of, I'm, I, you know, a corollary from that is, okay, we did this, but you know, the real power lies in the legislature. 
the actual, and this is actually, it's funny, it's almost like a stress test for the Constitution because the way the executive branch is designed, they, you know, they were very afraid of a monarch, and so it's intentionally designed to be weak. It's a very weak position. And so hopefully, yes, the Republicans are going to get their Supreme Court nominee. They're probably going to dismantle Obamacare. They're going to pass their legislation. But now I'm just like praying that it just it, it doesn't ruin the country. You know, and I, and that's why I said I do trust. I don't trust Donald Trump, but I do trust Paul Ryan. I do trust John McCain. Notice I've skipped Mitch McConnell. I'm, I'm up in the air on him, but but we do know Mitch McConnell does not like Donald Trump. You know, right. he has that going for him, and so I'm just praying. I'm almost. I'm. You know, you, sometimes you'll hear people say like, "Well, I didn't vote for this president, but I hope God guides him." I I've given up on Donald Trump. I'm just hoping God guides the Republican Party. Two is the other thing I'm praying for is that Donald Trump is a liar. And what I mean is I uh, months ago I heard um, annoying political pundit S.E. Cup on uh, Axelrod's podcast, The Axe Files. Mm-hmm. And in it, she was, you know, she's also a, a, a Republican who was against Donald Trump. And she said, I know Donald Trump personally. I'm really good friends with his kids. She goes, I've never had this conversation with Donald Trump, but I can tell you that Donald Trump that I know is a Democrat. And she said that she wouldn't, she said, I'm being vague on purpose, but somebody in his family told me that this was all fake, that this was all just meant to get votes and get elected, but that he didn't really believe these things. And in a strange way, I'm kind of hoping that that's true. Yeah, that doesn't satisfy kind of the point that I brought up right before this, though, that you know, presidency and the power of that position aside, like just the optics of what it means to be a person of color today in a country where it's horrible. A man that has had, you know what I mean? Like fucking hell. It's horrible, but I think there's actually something beautiful in it. In that, I was again, I was telling someone. I've been talking about this a lot today. Is someone a friend of mine said it was the same feeling he had after nine eleven? You know, mm-hmm. and which is actually a decent. Uh, segue into what I want to bring up next. So make that point, and then I want okay. to bring up the 9-11 stuff. Yeah, he said, I feel like I do after 9-11, and it's that weird em- scariness and emptiness, and you are you don't know what's coming. And I said, and I agree with that. I do have that same feeling. But I also feel like, and this is really strange, I've never been, I've never felt closer to Democrats, and rarely have I felt more American than today. Well, good. <laughs> So, so real quick, um, let me segue this into something a little more lighthearted. Um, nine eleven. Where, where were you uh, on nine eleven when you found out about all of this? What did you do immediately after? Like any red blooded gay American male, what did you do? Are you leading me into a story you know about, or are you? Yes. Oh, okay, that's a slow pitch right over the place. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't after; it was during. So um, I, I happened to be for Tower some, one had been hit. Yeah, right? I had, no, I actually saw it. I had, I happened to be wake up really early. I don't remember why. I uh, happened to be up early, so I was just watching TV at six in the morning, and I was watching the Today Show when they said that this tower had been hit. And for anyone who uh, has who was alive then and cognizant of news knew. Yes, this is a horrible thing, but something like this had happened at the World Trade Center before. There was a bomb that exploded in a parking structure. Sure. And um, another weird tragedy like that had happened. And so I, at the time, was uh, 
freelance writing for the OC Weekly, but in a way, what I mean is pitching stories that they always said no to. And (laughs) (laughs) and so uh, to show you what a terrible, how horrible I was at this is, um, one, I had no journalistic eye. So one of them was, um, uh, I think this is actually, was Columbine before or after 9-11? Before. Okay. So I had pitched a story to OC Weekly about going to old-timey barber shops in Orange County, right? And so I found this old-timey barber shop, and I wanted to capture the flavor of being in an old-timey barber shop, right? So I go to this old-timey barber shop. Well, I go during Columbine, right? And so they're cutting my hair, and everyone's just staring at the TV. No one's talking, and they just cut my hair. Right, and they're just like talking about how sad it is that this is what the world's coming to. And I go, yeah. boring. No story here. Right, right. Didn't write the story. Or your story is like barbershops are boring. Yeah, they're boring. <laughs> I'll just watch the news. Some dumb shooting. Okay, and then part two, this nine eleven one. The other one was I. Other tragedies had happened before, and whenever you went into old AOL chat rooms, like you know what was gay for gay or whatever they were called, right? M, M for M. M. When you'd go in there, there could be literally the president could be saying, uh, there's a nuclear war happening, right? And they'd be like, anyone want to suck my cock? You know, like yeah. age, sex, Eight. location. Ah, so, you stole my joke. <laughs> oh, so go ahead, say it. <laughs> no, go, go, go. Oh, we are editing this. You're right. Okay. So I was like, oh, you know, once the, when, so when the first plane hit, no one knew how bad it was. All we just knew something happened at the World Trade Center. I immediately went into the AOL chat room, M for M. And just turned it on, right? Just turned it on. And then I went back, and then as we all know, it got much, 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 much worse. And I forgot that it was on. <laughs> and so, you know, hours later, after um, after everything, after the dust had settled, uh, I went back and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm in this chat room, right? And uh, I'm assuming you want to talk about the Casey story? I don't know the Casey story. Oh, so when I get back, by the way, FYI, even before we had a podcast, this was a story I told on The Moth, actually, for the um, theme Love Hurts. And I'll tell you the results of that after I tell the story. So what happened is I get back to the computer screen and there's, I'm like laughing because... Well, no, I wasn't laughing. It, this is one case that where the, the events were so bad that they actually stopped talking. But once again, I lost. <sighs> this is why I was a terrible journalist. I was like, they're not talking about fucking. They're talking about 9-11, which that would have been such an interesting piece yeah. of history to have. Like to see them go from like, yeah, suck my lick, my fucking mushroom tip dick or whatever. Right. To like, oh, my God. Our country is being attacked. And I was like, boring. And I just closed the window. Right. <laughs> Uh-huh. But what happened when I did was I got a text message, a, a, a private message from uh, a person who now you know his name is Casey. And Casey was like, hello, are you there? This is, remember, because remember this is when my screen name was Lil Alien Gonzalez? Yeah. I remember? do remember. <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> he just saw Lil Alien Gonzalez. And so he... Uh, he texts me and he said, or messaged me, and he says, are you there? Is anybody there? And I said, yeah. And he said, "Where? what state are you in? I go, California. And we started talking. It's probably about 11 in the morning, California time. And uh, 
He says, I, I, can you please, can we please talk about anything right now except what happened? Because I live in Staten Island and I could see the towers fall from my bedroom window. He was like 17 at the time. No, no, he was 19. He was 19. He could feel that he could see the towers fall from his bedroom window. And his brother was a firefighter in New York and they hadn't heard from him. And he was freaking out. And so we sat there and we talked. And at first it was on text message, you know, on instant messenger, and then it actually went to the phone. And I'm not even joking. He and I spoke nonstop straight through for about 22 hours, probably about eight to nine in the morning the next day. Do you guys, are you still in contact with him? No. And then that, that's the, so like probably around like mid afternoon, my time, he got the call that his brother was fine. Okay. So we were fine, but we just kept talking. And I remember when we hung up the phone, we both said, I love you to each other. Hmm. And it's weird is, you know, that was how long ago, you know, 15 years ago or something. And I, I've never spoken to him again. To this day, I still love him very much. I mean, I don't know what he thinks about me. And it's weird. It's this one person. It's this person that I shared a moment with uh, for 24 hours. And so, so, so when I told this story in The Moth, I was in first place the entire time. And then the last guy gets up and it's this guy who tells a story about, I don't remember what the story was about. It was some dumb story. But he sounded like he was going to cry the whole story, right? And he came in first. Mike Lawson, it turns out he was a stand-up comic. He did like my comedy show like two weeks later. He just always sounded like he was crying. That's just the way he talked. <laughs> I was so mad. Anyway, go ahead. So, well, AOL chat rooms don't exist anymore, but mm-hmm. Craigslist does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of clicked on the Craigslist when you and I decided we were going to record this morning to see if there were any uh, messages in the man for man section of Craigslist uh-huh. that are politically related. And I want to make sure that you and I don't become sex shamey in all of this because mm-hmm. um, it's an easy line to kind of, it's an easy joke to tell, right? Um, sure. And that's not the point that you and I, I think, are going to hopefully want to make. But there are a few Trump related sex things. So in San Francisco, there's this headline if Trump becomes president, I will either kill myself or suck, edge, and rim you. Um, so this guy's up late, and it's either kill myself when the results come in or have you sit back, suck, edge, and rim you all night long. Those mm-hmm. are my only two choices. Yeah. Um, only which two, makes by the a way. lot of sense. The more he watches TV, the hungrier he gets, he says. So tonight he's fired up. Um, you've never had a BJ like this one before, but it won't be a quickie. Uh, send a pick and stats for simple directions. And then this one is in LA. This mm-hmm. one's interesting. It's a bottom hosting. <laughs> Fat Mexican man by himself. Elections depressing him. No, it looks like he might be looking for you, Joey. Oh, Tr- okay. Trump won the world. Oh, he's not great at grammar, but, and I'm not oh, grammar never mind. either. <laughs> Trump won the world. Oh, wait, I keep fucking... Trump won, period. The world is ending, period. He didn't put the periods, but he meant to. Yeah. Uh, Trump won. The world is ending. Come fuck my ass hard and come inside. I would love a daddy or Mexican. Mm-hmm. Please have a nice dick. I like to get rimmed and fucked and then you leave. Hit me up with stats and pics in the first email. Wow. Um, I could get lucky on Craigslist. And then I have then this last one is my favorite. I think 
very good looking white lean guy voted for Trump sub. So basically he, oh, he is not a sub. I'm not really good with the Craigslist, how they're doing this. Like, how do I know that he's looking for a sub when he puts sub in his headline? Basically, he's looking for a loser who voted for Trump who wants to get fucked all to hell tonight, right now or tomorrow. Be hot within a few years of my age. Down to earth. Hit me up. That seems awfully specific. And there's also a picture of his peen if you want to see it. But Have you ever seen a guy who's really attractive but his peen- penis is disgusting? Um, I don't think disgusting is the word I would use. I've seen – I've been really attracted to men and then their penis is like – boring or doesn't you know what i mean yeah so wait so i i just went on and on and on and on and on so what what have you been feeling what it, what is what tell me about you well i think most of kind of how i've been dealing with it is i've reached out to a few friends i've had a few friends reach out to me and i've just kind of been you know trying to be a loving supportive friend for some of my friends that feel you know how they feel right now and so that's pretty much it. I know, I think a lot of this isn't really even about me. I think kind of the damage that the campaign has done for, like it was saying, people of color and um, even women and all of that is something that, I mean, I could put on a suit and tie and I can live the same life I've been living. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I don't you, know that. It- you and I are very lucky, very lucky in that we live in California. Sure. And so the actual, unless fucking nuclear war happens or something, the, the actual effects of Donald Trump will not really, we're not going to really feel it, you know? Sure. Like one of the things I was telling you in the, in the car, we briefly spoke, is I'm actually really proud that Orange County, California, which hasn't gone um, for a Democrat since like 64 or 68, <laughs> yeah. um, went for Hillary. And sure. so there is a bright side. And California passed some great laws this, you know, session. And uh, California is just a great place if you're a progressive. And so we're not going to really feel the effects of this yeah. presidency. I'm, st- I'm more sad for the country. But if you're a gay person who lives... Oh, and I have another thing to say, too. If you're a gay... Oh, I have a lot to fucking say right now, actually. But if you're a gay person who lives in Michigan or Florida... Or this fucking Florida, I swear to Christ. And, you know, any of those red states, I, I, I mean, imagine being that, imagine that. Right. By the way, so I want to say something right now, for the record, and I, and I, and I mean what I'm saying, and I'm going to name three people, okay? By name. By, you know, I'm name one person by name, then I'll tell you about two other people. <laughs> no, but they'll, people be, they'll be named too. They'll be named. Coward. Too. No, no, all people will be named. <laughs> Everyone joking. will Go be on. named. Go on. Daniel J. Brewer, mm-hmm. I swear to fucking Christ, and I'm not even being funny, I don't know if I can talk to him for a while. I really don't. Um, he had told us he voted, you know, I think he did early voting, and he goes, I didn't vote for Hillary. And we were all, you know, in this little group me, we were upset, and he was like, well, what the fuck does it matter? You know, like, Connecticut's going Connecticut's to go blue. And he's right, Connecticut did go blue, but it doesn't fucking matter at it, I was so annoyed over the goddamn weekend. He, I was like seething about it. And this is when I thought Hillary was going to win. I thought Hillary was going to win. And I was pissed. And now that this happened, it's just so fucking obnoxious. Daniel Brewer, don't even come to me. I know how the fucking electoral college works. It's 
participating though like this was not an election about this was an election about um, a monster and it's that kind of thinking that it wasn't serious is why we're in this situation to begin with i'm i'm so angry at him two go ahead no so who else do you have to call out oh i already I told sweet to michael and this noah yeah uh, that they're on fucking because i didn't mention this last week but i mention it now is and you that, mentioned off air. I'm not going to pretend to be surprised. Right yeah, now. like we did discuss this while we weren't recording. Yeah, they're Bernie Bros. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not going to even call them Bros. Bernie Mo's, right? <laughs> and when they were here, I was a very polite host. I will say Michael is not like Noah, and Michael's very upset about what happened. But this Noah, he was reading me the riot act about this Hillary Clinton. He hates Hillary Clinton and was just, and here's the thing I found with these never Hillary's my fucking English teacher, which by the way, had to go into English class today. Thank you very much. Fucking Donald Trump. Thank you, Daniel Brewer. That had to go into English class with the English teacher. Just, she didn't mention it, but there was that smugness, mm-hmm. whatever, right? Nothing much to say. It was a midterm today. Also, she likes me. Um, but this, Miss English teacher, Noah, the thing that bothers me with the Bernie bros is, or the never Hillary's, because she wasn't a Bernie bro, the never Hillary's, is they will sit there and they will fucking make you dizzy with their goddamn tinfoil hat conspiracy theories, right? Which, okay. But every single one that I've met is so fucking goddamn sensitive that when you want to come back at them with facts... Remember the English teacher with the evidence or she wouldn't let me bring in facts or whatever, right? And then this Noah would cry, you know? That, so there are like two literally get emotional where right. he was let me tearing tell you up. Something. Let me tell you something. I didn't tell okay. this story last week. Go ahead. Well, like the, when you say like he would cry, like sometimes that means like he would get really upset and visually upset, but not like were tears forming in his eye ducts. Well, were... he did cry one time, but it wasn't because I attacked him because about Hillary. Okay. Because I, I told you, I was very polite. Okay, sure. that story is very short. When they first arrived, uh, Noah has this amazing ability to, like, let's say we're having a conversation and it gets interrupted. Okay? Like, hours later, once we are like, okay, well, that drama just happened, he'll, uh, he'll just pick up right where he left off. And so I told mm-hmm. him, I just met him, ah, I think that's a really cool ability that you're able to do that. Okay? Sure. And mm-hmm. he started crying. Because he thought I was attacking him? Right? <laughs> so I was like, whatever, okay. okay. So then... That's weird. Uh, by the way, Steve, my boyfriend Steve, has the exact same ability, and it's one of the things I really like about him. Yeah. Be- because in the past... And I think you're the same way. Like, I'll get interrupted in the middle of a story, and in my head I start overthinking. I'm like, was well, that story so stupid that they don't want me to go back to mm-hmm. it anyway, and they yeah. don't want me to continue? So when someone is like, hey, you were saying something yes. about... That mm-hmm. feels so polite and respectful. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're right. It was it was definitely meant as a compliment. Okay. <clears throat> so that's not going to be edited out. So we were driving around. I, by this point in this story. Hopefully, guys, he doesn't fart. He usually edits out the farts that he does, <laughs> but they're disgusting. And like sometimes he's like, hold on. I think I have to wipe after that one. It's really bad. Yeah, it's really gross. So anyway, um, 
So by this point, it's probably like three days into their trip, right? And I've been hearing about Hillary Clinton's a murderer. <laughs> Hillary Clinton's <laughs> created crimes against humanity. You know, like all this sure. Hillary Clinton conspiracies, right? So we're driving around town, and there's one of them, uh, Inferno, you know, with Tom Hanks, that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, the, the, one of those billboards is on the road, and I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but uh, Noah says something along the lines of, uh, I'm sure Michael will remember, something along the lines of, <laughs> I could have written that movie, or something like that, right? And then I say, and this is the first time I've said anything, Ken, being a gracious host. I go, oh, God, please don't. It'll always, all your movies will just end with Hillary being the murderer. Right? <laughs> so Inferno is like the Da Vinci Code yeah. in the Da Vinci Code series, the newest yeah. one, yeah. And then he got really quiet. <laughs> sure. And then I found out that he got really mad at Michael for not, for defending, not defending him. For not defending him? Blah. And all, that's the only thing I said? So, like, I told Michael, because, you know, they're thinking about moving out here. And I told Michael when I thought Hillary was going to win, I go, when you guys move out here, you better tell your fucking boyfriend, like, uh, I was being polite because uh, I, I was being a, a gracious host. Because you were a guest, yeah. Yeah, he was a guest. But the fucking gloves come off when you guys move here. Sure. So, like, yeah. So, I I, I can't. I can't with the Bernie bros, and I hope they're happy. Because now this is what they get. This is This is what they get. I think an argument could be made that the damage in the next four years won't be too awful and maybe sets us up for a better administration that could lead from the left hey look i'm promoting my uh my my slogan my mantra my my only regret is i put it on twitter and then i didn't hashtag it and i should have and now it'd be really douchey if i delete my original tweet and then hashtag it but here's my mantra foresight is 2020 copyright Uh, joe batanz that is really good um, can we talk about one more thing? I mean, we're only no, half an hour into yeah. it. You might have other things. But I believe it's worth noting that last night um, California also voted to legalize um, recreational marijuana. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. I feel comfortable. To, I've, I smoke weed all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can, le- I can talk about that openly. Like for the longest time I kind of felt a little bit – not embarrassed isn't the right word, but like – I don't know. I, I don't talk about it much, but now I I do feel a little more liberated that I use marijuana kind of medicinally. Like I use it to kind of work through some anxiety. I use it in a very similar way that um, people use wine at the end of the night or something. Mm-hmm. Like I certainly like look forward to it. It helps me unwind and all of that. I get better sleep because of it and everything, but I've been sort of hush. I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show. Have we? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. So now I feel comfortable talking about that because it's legal and there's nothing really wrong there. I never felt that there was something wrong with it, but I did always feel a little bit weird about discussing a medication I was taking Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't really feel like I was using it 100% medicinally, you know? Don't you think, though, I know you've been battling with depression that almost like alcohol, while the marijuana may temporarily alleviate some of the effects, it also can contribute to it? Maybe. Maybe I should mention it to my therapist, do you think? Yeah. Because I haven't. Um, I saw improvements when I started using it, uh, just because it like, I could relax. And so like I was getting better sleep, which meant for better mornings, which, you know what I mean? Like I saw it kind of working in the positive, mm-hmm. but 
um, if if you think that maybe I should mention it, I will. I mean, I wasn't intentionally not mentioning it. It just kind of was irrelevant so, uh, at, to date, you know? Yeah. So. Um, well, that's interesting. And how did you vote? So also, if you don't live in California, there was a law that was uh, to ban condoms on... No, 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 no. To ban... What was... To implement... Bareback condoms. Sex. Yeah, the ban bareback sex in con- in pornography. And if you're going to film a porn in California, you needed to use a condom, and that went down. Um, yeah, Prop sixty, which is so funny because I voted no on it, and I was like, "Oh, this is so going to pass." But I was shocked that it didn't, and I'm so happy. Yeah, I think that what we had going for us is uh, that it felt weird to say us because I had nothing to do with this. Like I voted on it, and that was pretty much it. But um, what this proposition had going for it maybe is kind of the libertarian Republican type of individual, right? So I, it just feels very weird that we would require such what you would – it feels weird to tell people what they're required to wear during sex even if it's being filmed for a pornographic film. Yeah. I don't know. But I guess kind of the far-reaching – like the argument was that it was a little bit too far-reaching. It allowed – viewers to sue the film and sharing and also sharing the proceeds from that lawsuit yeah and i think that there was even talks from what i heard about how this could even affect like amateur porn makers so if you know i recorded a video where i was fucking somebody and put it up online and i wasn't wearing a condom regardless of me and my situation and my relation to that person i could potentially be at risk of being targeted for a lawsuit so I, I I mean, it was defeated, and I think that's cool. Uh, were there any other propositions we should talk about? There was the meat weed one. I, I also don't – I think it was still up in the air. I, I don't really understand the plastic. There were two about plastic bags. Yeah. So one of them was, like, requiring – I don't remember. Shit. <laughs> no one else cared. Basically, there was yeah. about plastic bags. There was about medicine, which – the medicine one, 61, what happened with that one? Do you know? So 61, while well, Mike looks that up, or maybe he already knows, Bernie Sapanders, Bernie Sapanders, Bernie Sapanders was, you know, uh, supporting a yes on Prop 61, which basically said that Calif- the state of California, uh, when it's buying for like Medi-Cal, you know, like the Obamacare people, poor people, when they're buying their medicines, that they had to buy it at the same price that the VA got from drug manufacturers. So the drug manufacturers had to sell to the state of California at the same price that they sold to the VA. Right. The, um, and I, the yeah. ballot, Yeah, I mean, you summarize it really well. So it was defeated. It was, I guess, kind of narrow. It was 53 to 46. That's terrible. Give, give or take, but... I was mad um, because they did an effective campaign. The, the drug companies did an effective campaign where veterans were saying, like, Prop 61 is going to raise rates on veterans, which the fucking insidious part about that message is because the, the drug companies putting the ad together saying like all right sure. if you do that we're gonna raise the prices yeah yeah, it, the, the, yeah, yeah. no drug, drug companies <laughs> yeah um so it received uh yes support from like aids organizations uh, bernie sanders like you said and a few others um and 
yeah i mean i, I don't have a lot of opinions that i feel like articulating right so now. what's the takeaway mike lawson what are we what are we going to tell our listeners like you know I mean, here's the funny thing usually i would say we're not political pundits don't listen to us but as we learned uh not only is this the death of democracy uh last night but also the death of political punditry and data and polling yeah. oh my god what does fucking nate silver do now yeah his streak has been broken right Oh, so I mean, I mean, like embarrassingly so. Like, not even like, oh, he missed a state or two. Like, like all these polls were so, so wrong. So in wrong. His, in his defense, though, that's the polls, right? Like, I mean, he's not running polls. What he does is he aggregates the data and makes prediction predictions based on the that data. Yeah. And the polls were just wrong. Like, every poll had her up well because i think this will be studied for a long time and i'd feared this i'd feared this which was a reverse bradley effect and for those of you that don't know what the bradley effect is uh tom bradley out here in los angeles was running for governor of california and the polls had him way ahead right and then he lost like the people were shocked and they called the bradley effect because what it was was when people were polled they wanted to impress the pollster and say they were voting for a black man when in reality they weren't so I think, or maybe it's the same thing here. Maybe it's the Bradley effect, which is yeah. they wanted to say they were voting for a woman or they wanted to say they were voting for Hillary or they were embarrassed to say that they were voting for Trump. Yeah, reverse Bradley effect would be that they were saying they were embarrassed to yeah. vote for Trump and, and were going to. Yeah. And then the Bradley effect would be they wanted to say they were voting for a woman. Well, the then, reason I say reverse, I think they didn't want to say they were, I think they were embarrassed to say they were voting for Trump. Sure. Yeah, I think I think both or a combination of those two things makes perfect sense for sure. And, and then they just came out and they just fucking what we're seeing here is and I, this is why I think the, the the light I see at the end of the tunnel, well, a very long tunnel, is we're seeing sort of like the death rattle, which is hard to believe, of just white male dominance. Yeah. And they are just they are gonna fight to the bitter end. But um but I think hopefully, my hope is that this will be a rallying cry for people of color, for gay people, for people of different ethnicities, for women, to realize that we must get together and have our voices heard. Yeah. I personally think that the win uh, of Donald Trump is a win for racism and sexism very specifically. And I I don't think it makes sense for us to call it anything other than that. I think um, the pendulum swings and all of that, but there's, I guess people are calling it white lash, and this is maybe, you know. Van could, Jones coined that term. We could kind of um, look or examine what um, being governed by a black man for uh, eight years is, you know, if any of that is sort of responsible for, I guess, white lash or. I don't know, but I think race certainly has a lot to do with it. And if you look at the the headlines of the last two years, um, that makes sense, right? Yeah, but I wanted to end the podcast on a positive note. Um, go ahead. <laughs> well, like I told you, like I, I I am, you know, I was at East LA College today taking my midterm, and mm-hmm. when I left, because at first I was like. 
when I was driving in, I was feeling a lot of anxiety, not only about the midterm, but also just about the fucking teacher and what was she going to say and how, how was I going to even deal with that, you know? And yeah. then she, like I said, she didn't say anything. Smart, which is smart of her. Yeah. She didn't say anything. She didn't address it. And, um, and we just, she was kind, you know, and we did the midterm and I left. But when I was there, I was like, I wonder how these kids feel. Uh, and, um, uh, I didn't see anything. And then when I was walking out, there was a giant crowd gathered in front of the English department building and people had posted on one wall, like giant, like butcher paper and people could write messages. And on the other end, on the, on the concrete, they had like sidewalk chalk and people could write messages there. Mm-hmm. And it people and so you, if you go to my Instagram at, at Joe Batanz, I took a little film of it. Which, by the way, NBC Four LA right before we went to air asked if they could use the footage. Oh, cool! But um, and I said, yeah, as long as you give me credit. Um, but uh, as long as you also show the video of uh, this parade passing my cousin's house. <laughs> and so uh, that's my bread and butter viral video. Yeah, got to make sure I represent it. So I, I took a, a short video of the of the kids, you know, but the, you'll see there's multi levels of people staring over, and it was kind of nice to see. Kind of yeah. brought a little bit of a tear to my eye, and that's why I think that's what I do love is it's when you see a tragedy like this, and it was so, it was the same thing that moved me when my uncle passed away suddenly. When my uncle passed away suddenly, I was very moved how everybody came together to get through it, and I and I kind of see that right now. Um, with this is everyone's getting together and coalescing as one against Donald Trump. And um, like, here's the deal: like, I, you could argue that that's how people felt with Obama, but Obama was a classy guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. This, there's going to be four years of tomfoolery in this White House. I and I think that there's a few people who, that have predicted four. He won't make it to four. Um, I the most. I saw somebody kind of writing out a prediction of like potential. Yeah, I mean, this is all hypothetical, but like something that kind of goes astray and like he's not one that handles criticism well. And like, how would he respond to um, something legislatively, not maybe this exact same scenario, but like getting impeached in the way Clinton did? And like, what would that look like? I couldn't even really predict it, but that's well, something interesting to think about. Here's the thing, you know, there's a, a movie, I almost kind of want to rewatch it, with Robert Redford called The Candidate. And it's semi-similar. I mean, I don't think The Candidate, Robert Redford, the guy Robert Redford's playing, is a fool. Mm-hmm. But it's basically like a good-looking guy who they run for office, right? And they, and I think the thinking is, I have to rewatch it, that he isn't going to win, right? They're just writing him as a, like a dummy candidate. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, he wins. And the last line of the movie is he... You know, they're, congratulations, you won. He turns to his aide and he says, now what? You know, and I kind of feel the same way with Donald Trump, which is, and people have said this, is when they were talking about as a candidate and they were already doing the whole, like, trying to make apologies for him as a candidate, which was Donald Trump likes the speeches and that sure. he likes the fun part. But anytime he got to policy yeah. or debate prep or the work that it takes to be president, he was extremely bored and had want, wanted nothing to do with it. Nothing. He wanted nothing to do with it. So I think once, you know, once we hit after an inauguration day and, you know, the, the balls are done and all that, and then he has to sit and do the work. I don't mean, I don't know how he gets out of it, but what does he do? Yeah, we'll see. 
Um, my positive note, I don't know how positive this is, but kind of the last thing I want to say is that many people, I would guess, are kind of tired of politics and um, this whole thing has beat uh, a lot of us up. And I'm totally cool having conversations with friends or I know a lot of our listeners probably are feeling the same thing. Like if you want to ever reach out, I think I'm pretty easy to find and I'm happy to have any sort of private conversations with anybody if ever anybody ever needs it. Um, it helps me too. Uh, please don't contact me. I have enough friends. He, Thank he you. is not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. I don't. I have enough friends. I'll be talking about this enough. Here's what I want to do. What I, is your email? Your my email just is very difficult to figure out. I'm not going to give it okay. out. Yeah. At if, you want, if, you, if you want uh, anyone to give my email address out, Daniel Brewer is very good at that. He can't vote for Hillary, but he can sure as hell give my email address out. <laughs> anyway, I think I'm angrier at him than you are. Yeah. So Probably. I know. like You don't care about the, the Hillary part, but God forbid he say that the white rabbit is five foot eight or whatever. So is that what it was? No. Okay. All right. So I just want to look forward. I don't even want to look at the past. I'm not listening to anything that's just going to break this down. I just want to move forward and just let's just get through these four years. Right. By the way, if you Google Joe Batant's email, you could totally find. <laughs> You're so stupid. Dude, is that true? You are so stupid. Is that true? The, after your Twitter and YouTube. Yeah. Let so me Twitter's see first. Here. Hold on. YouTube I'm, is second. I'm, I'm Googling Your this. Google that might be a bigger tragedy right. than uh, than uh, Donald Trump winning. Joe Batan's email. <laughs> For listeners of the show that don't really oh. understand the drama, Joe was angry that somebody gave out his Gmail account. <laughs> Wait, where does it say that? Your third, the third result. Joe Batan's Google Plus. Yeah, that's my Google Plus. It's not have my actual email address. I see it right here. Joe Batan's. Let me see. I'm opening it. <laughs> It's the headline, Joe Batanz. So the URL has it in there. Yeah, but it doesn't have the name. It doesn't have my email address. Okay. Look, look. That's like giving out your Twitter account, the URL, but you're like, but you don't know what my Twitter handle is. I guess you do. It's well, they the can URL. contact me through Google+. Or they could just email your name at gmail.com. Uh, I fucking hate you. Why is everyone... <laughs> Want to give because my email because I googled address. it and I found it. Are you going to edit out all the instructions? No, I'm not going to. We have a rule: we're not going to edit this episode out. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think of Mike Lawson's secrets now. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I'm too good of a friend. I'm not going to say it, but once we stop can, recording, I'll tell you what I didn't say. You can feel free to give out any information that no, is the third a... result on Google when people Google me. <laughs> I don't think it's a Google result. Never mind. Whatever. Now I'm. You know what? I'm. Thank you for that. Because now I hate someone more than Trump. Who? You. Oh. Uh, there's also something in here about the 1994 Northridge earth- earthquake disaster response. Oh, that's my dad. I know. You might want to edit that out. Well, my dad's retired. What the fuck do I care? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I would. I was thinking it was maybe like something you wrote in college or something. Mm-mm. But now it makes perfect sense. No, my dad before he retired, which is um. You know, okay, going back to Sweet Michael and Noah. Oh, I probably shouldn't say that. I'll tell you off the air. Okay. 
Um, so this was a good kind of recap uh, for anybody who's listening for the first time. We're not normally political, but I think that that's going to be the case on a lot of the podcasts you're discovering. If they have fresh content, it's going to probably be political for a little while. Well, um, I'm glad that we I'm glad we isolated this because, you know, God forbid we go from a story about Steve not liking frozen yogurt to right. uh, our, our thoughts on the election. So people that's can all, true. People can just skip if they don't want to. Yeah, that's very true. We say in the last minute of the show. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We should. We should. Is there anything you want to say in the last? See, we should do this. See if anyone actually listened all the way through. Is there any uh, story you want to like? It's a short story that you want to tell. Um, I don't have much. Like something secret? No, not secret. Just sort of like it wouldn't be like a full story on the show, but. Uh, no. Do you? I'm trying to think. I don't really have anything either. Have you heard? How about this? This is not a story. Have you heard from Adam Burns, who's in San Francisco? No, none at all. Do you, don't you think it's weird that he doesn't want to hang out with me? Would you hang out? Would you hang out with Adam Burns if, if he called you? Be honest. Yeah, of course, of course. I would say, with very few exceptions, if someone called and said, "I'm in town, can you do drinks or dinner or something?" I would say yes. Very few exceptions. I just I even don't think have I... that much time. I'll be honest with you. I texted him and I said, are you going to call Mike? He hasn't responded to my text message. Aw. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, cool. Well, now All I have right. two enemies on one show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. It was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. This was unexpected. What do I do now? Could we start again? I've been very hopeful so far Now for the first time I think we're going wrong Hurry up and tell me This is just a dream Or could we start again? I think you've made your point now You've even gone a bit too far to get the message home Before it gets too frightening, we ought to call a halt So could we start again, please? I've been living to see Start again.